Hey, Ray. How's it going, Jay? Yeah. We have some whole nine yards activity today. New record, new day, new subjects. Yeah, new subject. Yeah, just a singular. Umbrella. And, and we call today's umbrella... Yes. What? Sort of things, um... Gee, you know, when you're claustrophobic or Feeling when you're... trapped. Tra- you haven't left the house in a while. Yeah. Kind of, maybe things like that, terms yeah. like that. Quarantini. Yeah. I, I jumped the gun a little. Uh, everybody, if you uh, enjoy the show, please uh, subscribe and give us a rating. We would love you for that. Jump the gun. Well, I jumped the gun. That's yeah, a good, that, I know. That's one, huh? Right. That's like going to be. That's going to be like the race, right? You, sh- you got off before the start. Yeah, the guy middle. shoots, yeah. and the, yeah. Someday we'll find out. Maybe it's offsides in football. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, what, what what do you have up first? And do you do you uh, you want to go first, or what do you feel? Yeah, I can go first. What do you got? Uh, my word, or phrase, is stir crazy. Ah, stir crazy. Yes. Have you heard of a man named William Penn? <laughs> well, sure. Uh, he. Um, I don't know. I think like the queen threw him out of England and he ended up in Pennsylvania and uh, that's why it's Pennsylvania and other stuff. Basically, that's pretty much his whole life story. Yeah. Check. Uh, Yeah, he was the Quaker who founded our fair colony or Commonwealth, I guess. Yeah. Um, He was held in a London prison, which was uh, called Newgate, during his 1670 trial for preaching before a gathering in the street. So while he was locked away in this prison, um, do you think he might have gone a little stir-crazy and that's why we can't buy beer in gas stations here? Did they have gas stations in England? Just in general. You think he he gone stir-crazy and that's why the the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has such strict blue laws? (laughs) (laughs) This is a leading question. It is. I'm going to go with yes. Perfect. Uh, I've defined stir crazy as uh, psychosis induced. Again, I haven't defined it. I'm sorry. I say that all the time. The def- definition that I've written down here <laughs> for stir crazy is uh, psychosis induced by imprisonment or confinement. Yeah. Is that, I mean, that's not what you were going to say if I asked you what you thought stir crazy was, basically. Well, uh, but maybe self induced confinement in. In, in today's terms, I would think of it as. Sure. Well, yeah. Yeah, right. The imprisonment or self-induced confinement. We'll add that in for this one. Sure. Um, and it, it really, this term does find, seemingly find its origins in prison. In prisons. Being imprisoned, obviously. Oh, that's so the, interesting. Yeah, the idiom is is directly like informative of its definition. Uh, it seems to be slang from around 1825 uh, London prisons is what I found. According to the Barnhart Dictionary of Etymology, the word stir uh, may have originated as a variation on the word start, which was a nickname criminals gave to this Newgate prison in London that operated from uh, 1188 to 1902, which were which William Penn and many other people were imprisoned in. Start crazy. 
they start crazy. Um, yeah, so they, I, I don't know why they called it the start. This specific prison, why they say this prison was was called the start. Um, but I guess the word start could be, and it seems like, seems like it is, uh, from the Romani word uh, astardo, which means imprisoned. All right. Yeah. Astardo. Uh, astardo. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure on the pronunciation, but astardo, oh. as you would spell it like it sounds. Right. I, I, I like that direction. For start. Yeah, same. And then there's uh, like a similar kind of takeoff, which this one seems a little bit more likely to me, is that it's also a Romani word, um, but the word is sturabin, S-T-U-R-I-B-E-N, which means a prison. So, like, sturabin to stir doesn't seem like that difficult of a leap to me, you know, versus the, not that a stardo to start doesn't, isn't that close either, but the sturabin to stir kind of yeah. um, makes more sense, right? Yeah. So, in, in my... Because it's the same sounding syllable. Right, exactly. You're like, oh, they said sturabin? Yeah, they said stir. Cool. Got it. Check. Um, which is kind of why what we use to call prisons is, is stirs. And then stir crazy was oh, yeah, what yeah, people yeah. would call. I know people would call folk who had been in prison so long and had lost their minds uh, stir crazy. A sturabin crazy. Yeah. I have uh, not the first usage by any stretch, it doesn't seem, but just an example of 1925 in the Stevens Point Journal, Wisconsin, an inmate writes, I'm stir-crazy. That's what I am. How could any man be locked up in a jail for 19 months and not get a screw loose? Sure, how could you not? Yeah. So not the first use of stir-crazy in 1925, but a, a usage in the idiom sense of, yeah, they use it to kind of say like, yeah, you were in the prison and you went crazy from being imprisoned. Started acting wacky. Um, you know, as people do whenever we're kind of confined. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think of it a little bit more for that with solitary confinement or something. Because if you were in prison, didn't you at least have some other prisoners with you and you could play cards or draw on the wall or do whatever the hell you do? I mean, sure. But even still, in that confinement, you know, it, yeah. it, it does something to you. Sure. And I don't know. 19 months is, I don't know, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's a short one as it prison does. stints go. Right, you're like, oh man, it doesn't seem like that long. But I mean, hey, if you're locked away in a room for 19 months, yeah. know, it's not going to be pleasant. Not at all. Unless I have all my stuff with me. Yeah. But even then, you still, you know. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm tired of cooking spaghetti and playing with Legos. <laughs> not yet, but getting there. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so yeah, stir crazy. All right, stir crazy. Kind of has its roots in uh, the Romani language. I like it, and yeah. it gives me a new take on things, and also switches us ever so gently to mm, mine. Gentle switching. Yeah. Okay. It's just like one of those little soft knobs that you click, and it's like a nice, satisfying click. Mm -hmm. um, cabin fever. Is mine. Nice. Cabin fever. This is interesting because I, yeah, all right. Yeah. So, you know, some people want to make more of it than it is. And mm -hmm. I don't know. So some of that makes me a little 
but let's just define it. Okay. You know, a condition of restlessness and irritability caused by being in a confined space. Not very different from stir crazy. No. But cabin fever, as it turns out, and I wouldn't have guessed it, but here it is. It was what people used to call typhus. The word cabin fever was another word for typhus. Well, it was a, yeah, you would describe it as, you would describe <gasps> oh, typhus. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. With huh. cabin fever. Yeah. And you'll say, how or why? <laughs> sure. But, <laughs> but um, so that is traceable back to the Middle Ages. We see in the 1400s, there are accounts and descriptions of fever uh, that they sort of described as jail fever uh, at that time mm -hmm. because it was passed around by guys in jail, uh, started with ticks and lice uh, and mites in these places. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that, that story remains the same all through uh, 1600s, 1700s, largely traceable to... This word was new to me, a size. Do you know that? Uh, it's like a gathering of a, of a court uh, mm -hmm. or judges. No. Uh, and so somehow associated with these assizes and these assize gatherings, lots of sirs and lords, all these people that were at these gatherings caught the typhus mm -hmm. and died. And that stayed that way through... 1700s, 1800s. This this disease and prisons and these and within these courts in these prisons, yeah, like they never didn't get a handle couldn't, on it. Yeah. yeah, couldn't couldn't catch up to it. Could not catch up to it. Now, okay. Even leading up to in the 1800s, the clipper Ticonderoga was infamous for her fever ship voyage. They called it fever ship from Liverpool to Port Phillip, carrying 795 passengers in 1852. 100 of those passengers died of typhus. Yeah. Yeah, so, and that is also replayed in World War II in, in, in plenty of uh, documented cases in prisons and on warships. So you might ask, how do we make the jump from this horrible typhus thing to it being just, hey, I'm really itching to go outside. Love to be out there, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is clearly clearly indisputably attributable to this gal and i'm going to tell you her name is bertha muzzy sinclair but she wrote under the pen name bm bauer and she wrote a book in 1918 okay and the book was called cabin fever and dun 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 the book's story, I didn't read the entire book. No. But I uh, I went through it. Oh, nice. And, uh, and it's a boring story, but I guess, <laughs> you know, and also you just go like, wow. So some guy had some young wife, but she was making him nuts, so he left. And then it's all about his journey and everything that he discovers in life and yada, yada, yada. And, and I, I didn't jump down near the end but i assume he ends up back with the wife and more appreciation for life and somehow she takes him back sure like the tale as old as time yeah so she just appropriated it and yeah. turned it into this sort of term of uh antsiness huh yeah yeah no i know 
Yeah. So... That one didn't do it for me. Well, I'm I'm sorry. No, it's you not know, your fault. <laughs> they, you know, they don't know. But sure. the interesting thing was, just like yours, <laughs> it was it was typhus. Yeah. And it was also now it, it didn't it didn't turn into the antsiness from the jail port of its life, but yeah. it was jail related as well. I, but why is the book called Cabin Fever if the guy left? He got cabin fever being in that in their in their little house yeah. with his wife, and figured the world outside was more interesting. Yeah. But I think um, I think he learned some lessons out there. I, I didn't read the whole thing, like I said. All right, that that's what threw me. I'm just trying to get like a yeah. All right, all I'll right. get you a coffee no, copy for your I birthday. Mean, it's, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, original print's gonna set me back. <laughs> it's gonna be from 1925, 1918. Oh, 1918. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So, um, don't go stir crazy no. lis- in listening to our ads, and uh, we'll be right back with more funness. <laughs> <laughs> Is funness a word? That's fine. Okay. I accept it. Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clementemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clementemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. All right, so hey. Hey, thanks. Yeah. And we're here with some new ones about that topic, meaning, hey, what do you got, Ray? Well, mine's a little obscure, um, but it's, yeah, whatever. All right. The phrase I'm, I looked into uh, is grind to a halt. Oh, all right, yeah, it's a little outside the umbrella, but yeah, yeah a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I mean, it fits. It fits. It fits oh, the yeah. mood. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, slash grind to a stop. We'll just do both. I mean, that's you know, sure. One All thing. Stop. Yeah, right. Who goes thing. there? Harketh. So if I said that to you, 
I mean, I just said the word stop, so yeah, know, it pretty much means that, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's the yeah, it's the grind part. So, gee, yeah. I mean, I have. I mean, I don't want. I'm afraid to say what I think because sometimes I like say what I think, and then you go, ah, geez, Jay, you gave, gave it away. Well, yeah, but that's a part of it too. Yeah, that's fine. I could just go. No, go ahead. All right. Um. You know, you would think, I would think, I did think that this uh, phrase kind of came from a, a corn or grain grinding mill of some sort, uh, perhaps a windmill. Uh, and I looked up this and found some information that said, to stop a windmill from turning too quickly, such as during a strong gust of wind, excess corn would be poured between the grinding stone, top stone, and the nether stone, the bottom stone, <laughs> uh, the extra pressure would cause the stones to slow down or literally grind to a halt and thereby stop the windmill from turning. Or when the wind was down, the mill would have also ground itself to a halt kind of thing if there's no wind. You know, halted the grinding as well. Right, exactly. Right. Um... So, you know, in this sense, we're using the word grind to mean crush by friction. <laughs> well, sure. But there's, like, no proof that that's where this phrase comes from, really. No documentation. No documentation print. that we can say, like, oh, yeah, this is, what, this is what it's from. Although it makes a lot of sense, you know? Yeah. Do, how about date-wise? We well, don't, we got nothing. No, I I do, but it's it's that's what I mean. Like there there is no proof. This phrase does sound like something an old Englishman would say. The old Miller tale, the Miller's tale, in the Miller's tale. <laughs> right, it's the Miller told his tale. Right, um, but it seems uh, the earliest example. This is from uh, Phrase Finder. The earliest example in print. Seems to be from the Nevada State Journal in December 1934. Okay. And, yes, and an article printed, uh, article titled "Gridiron Season Grinds to Close in America Today." Uh, and the phrase is quoted: "Football will grind to a halt tomorrow in scattered sections of the country." <laughs> uh, and so, a lot of more conjecture really does link this phrase to football into sports grinding gridiron things like that okay but again there's not so much evidence in either of these you know i guess that one would have the most with the first usage being in the gridiron seasons um grind to a close but yeah there's not that's like the you know what i found to be the the best that's odd because i would take a bigger clue out of it being first recorded in the 1930s okay and because my original speculation just being asked would be uh automobile gears or brakes oh so i would yeah, have yeah. thought i mean you're gonna grind your mm -hmm. gears you're gonna downshift grind you know or your brakes right uh, and you had automobiles by 1930 yeah so that was that was my first thought that i hesitated to bring up at the top. Nice. I like that speculation as but, well. But no one said that. No, I didn't come across 
cars, I came across the the grinding of grains and the footballs or sports uh, kind of usages. It's interesting though because right, gears definitely grind. I mean, they they can. But it's you know this phrase could have been, you know, obviously for forever, and just not used in the context until the Nevada State Journal. Yeah, it's funny it that it wouldn't have made its way into some at least some colorful novels or something in the 19th century. Right. That we would have as yeah, reference. Yeah, old tales. Same. No, I, I hear you. I, that's. I thought. Same thing, I'd find some more information on this one, but I, I did not find as much as I anticipated. All right. Yeah. Grind to a halt. Yeah, we've, we've ground the show to a halt. <laughs> what do you have to pick us back up again? Well, I have Lose Your Marbles. Ah. I know. Right. So, but, Marble Madness. Okay. Sorry, that's an old Nintendo game. Well, I didn't know that, but so, right. If I say that guy lost his marbles, what am I saying? He's gone crazy. He's gone crazy. That guy's crazy. Something like that, right? Yeah. So I guess, and I imagine at some point I fell asleep on the couch to this movie as I've fallen asleep on the couch to many an old film. Was it Hook? It is The Cane Mutiny with Humphrey Bogart. Oh, okay. And in that movie, uh, he plays the demented Lieutenant Commander Quig. I don't know, they used to like last names with Q back in the 50s and 60s. There's a lot of them. A lot of Q names? Yeah, I wonder if it's, it's because like people, like they tried to pick a name that no one had, and so Q names and like Z names or whatever, there mm-hmm. weren't a lot of, I don't know. Mm, yeah. That's a, that's really an aside there. <laughs> um, so he, he in this movie, I guess, played a really demented character. I did not... Uh, go back and watch this for, as part of my research, but I'll get to it. Yeah. And I guess he had these uh, marbles in his hand, but they sound more like uh, those, maybe those stainless steel balls that would, those clacky balls on a string that you'd see some in offices. You know, those clacky balls. Oh, the Newtonian cradle, Newton cradles. If that's what you want. I believe they call them Newton's yeah. cradles. I saw a fun uh, cat video with one cat smacking those and watching them go. Nice. Um, anyway, I guess he played a character that he, he got increasingly demented while he was playing with these marbles in his hand. And a lot of people took that as, boom, that's that's why we say that. Oh, But yeah. it's not. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you. Okay, tell me. I'll tell you one more little aside uh, part because uh, Elgin marbles. Elgin Elgin marbles. These are a collection of sculptures, uh, some from the Parthenon frieze. How do you say that? Frieze? Frieze. I'm not sure. Um, They were taken uh, from Athens by Lord Elgin in 1806. So that has also been part of speculation that that was the lost marbles. Like marble statues. Yeah, so you lost your marbles. Gone missing. Yeah. Wow. I know. I'll accept that. Yeah, but that's not it either. Yeah, sure. I know I've got to get my hopes up anymore. (laughs) (laughs) After arm and a leg, I know. Yeah, it's sad. (laughs) But um, so what I did find, and man, oh, Manischewitz, as my uncle used to say, uh, searching this microfiche stuff, 
I found this in the Daily Argus News, May 17th, 1887. And I could tell you it was the Daily Argus News, but I could not figure out which Argus where. It, it might be in Ohio, but it may also be in, I don't know where, the UK or Australia. I don't know. Okay. But anyway... There's a, a little story in there, Amber Letter, about losing one's temper, fancies in a railway waiting room. <laughs> nice. I, I just wish I had the newspapers today that they had then. Um, if you find that to stay means to quarrel, then go, for I tell you that no boy ever lost his marbles more irrevocably out of a ragged pockets than you and I will lose our self-respect if we remain here to take part in a discussion that ends in a broil. Nice. So that is loose marbles in a relative context mm -hmm. in 1887. So I, I guess what I'm skipping over is a little bit of this. It was it, it was clear to me that in its transition from whatever to to how we meant it today, and today marbles is really effectively been dropped and you just say you're losing it he's mm -hmm. losing it yeah but it not only meant you're losing your sanity it meant also getting angry you're losing your uh temper mm -hmm. okay uh, and then and then the temper kind was sort of dropped in into sanity and then marbles was dropped um hmm. but don't go away mad <laughs> okay right Oh, my mother used to say that. Don't go away mad. Just go away. Your mother ever say that to you? <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure. She but did. Here's, the, here's the real key to it. Uh, marbles is derived from a French word, and you'll love this. Okay. It's because it's M-E-U-B-L-E-S and uh, mirables. <laughs> mirables. <laughs> mirables. <laughs> and, uh, but that meant, and still means, because it's French, and yeah. they're still French people, Sure, uh, it means furniture. And sort of, in another way, means just your stuff. Yeah. You know? Okay. Your, mm -hmm. your collection of things. My, yeah, my junk. Yeah. All right. So knowing what we know about the French marbles and furniture and stuff, mm -hmm. um, it sort of over time got mixed up with your brain and thoughts in your brain and clutter in your brain and that being what you lost. You lost your stuff, you lost your furniture, you lost your thoughts, you lost the stuff in your brain and that is how it seems to clearly it doesn't seem clearly. But that's how it clearly has morphed into, you know, how how we've used it in the 20th century, and then and then dropped the marbles for the most part. Dropped the marbles. Yeah, I think it comes and goes. Yeah, yeah. It, it depends on your reference and what what you've read and who you've been around or whatever. Hmm. But yeah, Meubles. So I uh, hope you listeners didn't lose your marbles listening. Yes, they're gone stir crazy. Oh, and um, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Uh, send us your thoughts, comments, suggestions, and relative criticisms, and we'll put those to good use, not in the shredder. No. No, never. No, we don't. That's it. Uh, please give us a rating. Give us a uh, subscribe. 
And we appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for listening. And I'm Jay. I'm Ray. And we're We're not not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music. 